the last one we just sang when it says that, you know, God will not let us down. There's zero chance that God is going to let us down in this relationship. If anything goes south in the relationship, we know that it's all on us. You know, that something that I did, but not that God. God has everything under his control. And it's just such an awesome reminder that we can sing a song so boldly, you know, um, and just know that it is true in every circumstance, every situation. Um, So I had him pull up, you know, that slide just before this slide, because just to remind us that God is in the midst of our church. I just am confident of that. Um, We started this year, had no idea what this year was going to hold. We just thought that it's 2020, you know, Um, but we had this um, um, theme that we wanted to go throughout the whole year, and it's just his mission, our vision, you know, just really making sure that we are tracking with him, you know, we're aligning our our thoughts and our ideas with his thoughts, his ideas, and so what is it that God wants in 2020, what is his mission uh, for us, and because that's what we want our vision to be, right? And boy, has that been challenging, but God set it up ahead of us, you know, that that's what he wanted us to do. Um, And so I just think that's pretty awesome. I think it's a good time for us just to uh, kind of continue to be reminded of this uh, overall, overarching uh, mission uh, that we have before us this year. And and so we're going to start another little mini-series, and and we're going to entitle it... uh, uh, what am I titling? <laughs> his kingdom, my choice. Uh, his kingdom, my choice. Um, I actually struggled with a couple different names. That's the reason I was kind of, what did I settle on here? But, but we're going to go to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. This is going to be like our, our focus verse for the morning. So Matthew chapter 6, and we're going to look at verses 9 and 10. And we'll just kind of keep falling back to this verse, just letting it kind of soak into our our psyche, our our minds uh, this morning. But this is what those two verses say. And Jesus is talking here, and he's the one who is trying to pull people into this conversation, pull them back to this thought, right? And this is what he says. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom Come, your will be done as on earth as it is already in heaven uh, for us to be focusing on this. Uh, we are definitely side pickers. I mean, that's just, let's just get to it because that's just true. Uh, and especially in 2020, have we been just almost forced to be side pickers, to be honest with you. I feel like that I'm just constantly waking up to, okay, what side are you going to be on, you know, about this or about that? And, and, and particularly with the election on us this year, we are side pickers. In fact, it doesn't matter what side you listen to or, 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 you know, have talking to you, and probably all of us would agree with this too, that this year, this election is probably one of the biggest elections of our history of voting. Uh, I kind of think so. Um, and it doesn't matter, like I said, what side you're on. Everybody kind of thinks that, that this is a big election, big thing. So we got to make a choice, don't we? we got to decide what side of the aisle are we going to be on in the midst of all of this. And, and uh, we also are just like forced to choose sides in regard to all of this coronavirus stuff. 
You know, I mean, as parents, you got to decide how, where are you going to stand on this school. In fact, we got a survey thing from Caney that was asking us to, hey, we want to hear from you what you think. Um, and I just think that, man, they're, they're asking us to pick a side, you know, to, to let our voice be known. And, and I think that that's just one of those things, uh, this mask thing. We are having to decide, you know, what side of the aisle we're going to be. We're going to be mask wear church, you know, a church that wears masks or a church that doesn't wear masks. I don't know. And to be honest with you, most of us, I ask, how's it going? And, and most of us are answering that question as, I don't know. <laughs> it just gets kind of confusing. I mean, I'm left scratching my head constantly, just like, I read this and it sounds good. I read this on the opposite side and it sounds good. And I'm just like, I don't know what to believe. But I'm left with trying to figure out what I do believe. You know, what side am I going to stand on all of this stuff? We have to decide, you know, where we're going to stand on the social uprising topic and things that sort. I mean, I guess we don't have to maybe because it's not like right in our back door, but we do feel like that we ought to have at least an understanding of what we would support or what we wouldn't. Sides are everywhere, aren't they? I mean, they're just forced upon us. You know, you need to decide what you're going to stand for. Now, some of us can say, well, I'm just going to stick my head in the sand, and I'm just not going to decide. Well, that's a group, too. <laughs> that's a side right there in and of itself, isn't it? Um, I had a meeting this last week with a minister friend of mine. He is ministering, you know, the lead minister at this church, and, and uh, he's just really super struggling. And the reason he is is because, you know, it's a young church, and in fact, it's a church plant, and it's in a city, and, and he's just trying to navigate through all of this side-picking things, right? And he had this kind of an emergency meeting with some of us to get together, just listen to him, to pray with him, and to maybe help him figure out how to navigate through this, because he feels really at a loss. When they came back from the pandemic, they're... they're their building just filled right up. Where some of us are coming back kind of slower, his just came back right where they left off, you know. So, so they just all kind of came back. They were super excited about coming back. And then a few weeks ago, something happened where half of the church just dropped off. And it's not because of fear of the pandemic or anything like that. It's because of feelings getting hurt in the midst of this pandemic. A lot of it was not necessarily things that were being said within the church. It was things that were being said once we leave the church, you know, when we're on social media and stuff like this. And in the city, I mean, we probably don't have it near as difficult as some of the city people because in the city, it seems like you can just go to any church and it's just pretty much 50-50 on what side of the aisle you're going to be on most of these topics, Right. And all of a sudden, when this come up, it was just, what do I do? How do I navigate through this? How do I help our church with these young people and with these young thoughts and things of that sort? It's a difficult thing to navigate through for any church, really, in the midst of all of this, because there are so many opinions and so many sides that we're being asked to choose. And we can't avoid it. We're created to choose sides, you know, I, I've, I've, at first I started in this sermon just like, God, help me tell them not to choose sides. But then it's just like he kept telling me through his spirit, I created them to choose sides. You know, I created them to have these 
these creative minds, these minds that can think and process and stuff, I created them to be able to choose what side they're on. In fact, I'm asking them to choose what side they're going to be on. And it just made me realize, yeah, we can't avoid it. We were created to do it, you know, to fight for what we think is best for us as individuals, to fight what we think is best for the people around us, the people that we love, um, and to fight for what we think is best for our God whom we serve. We, we have, even, even in the scripture that we just read, is in the midst of a choice, right? So let us pray like this. And what Jesus was just coming out of is that they were praying like, you know, on the street corners, they were praying, you know, just to be seen by men. And they were, they were you know, babbling stuff and just thinking that that would get them their ways. And so Jesus was trying to help them understand that there's a different, there's a different side of that. There's a side that just seeks God's will. On earth as it is in heavens. It just is all about trying to focus on him. But even God was kind of a side picker. And I was just looking in Luke chapter 9 verse 35. It says, And a voice came out of a cloud saying, This is my son, my chosen one, whom I am well pleased. I mean, God chose him. Um, Jesus chose the disciples. He chose us, right? So... They definitely understand that that's just part of life, is choosing what side you're going to join. So with all of this side-picking chaos that is around us, I thought it would be really healthy for us as a church to just contemplate here as we gather together, what is God's side in the midst of all of this? What is, what is it that he would want us to do? How would he want us to you know, uh, just navigate through all of this. There's there's no uh, stopping the need or the desire or the importance of picking sides. So I thought we would just talk about this. You know, as we are picking sides, let us keep in our mind, the forefront of our mind, not the back of our mind, but the forefront of our mind as we're picking sides, Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all of these things will be added to you as well. To, to just remember what it is that he wants me to be about in the midst of all of this. Because here's what I think. To, if we place our focus on him, then when all of the smoke clears, and it will clear... When, when the coronavirus is finally gone, and it eventually will be gone, and, have, and the voting is complete, and it is behind us, and all of the protesting is a thing of the past, when all of the smoke is clear that we remain together, united, and that we are stronger than ever, and not divided. And the only way that that can happen is, is as we go through this time, that we just seek his will, his righteousness. I can't help but think that this is what Paul struggled through. You know, here he was starting the first church, and as he's looking out in the midst of all these people that are new believers in Jesus Christ, whether they are Jews or Gentiles, they're all new in Jesus because Jesus was just here, right? And the Jews, they thought that they had the, the right to be in these seats because of their lineage, because they were connected with Abraham and because they were circumcised. And, and they, they have this right because they were the chosen people. 
But they look across the aisle and they see these Gentiles and they just think they shouldn't be here. Why are they here? They don't have this lineage. They don't have this circumcision that sealed that covenant. Why are they here? And can't you imagine just the struggle that that first church really had to try to, be, to come and be united? The only way that they were ever stayed united is through Jesus Christ, that they, they literally kept their eyes and focused on him. And so that was how Paul navigated through that time, is just continue to pull them back to Jesus, pull them back to whom they have their faith in, and keep their eyes on him. What side we end up on in most of these decisions that we have will really have a lot to do with our will. So let's just talk about our will for just a moment here. You know, God has a will for mankind. In fact, Jesus has a will for mankind. And like I just said, this verse that we were just focusing on is, is, a, is pointing us to that will. So pray like this, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Like, you're the greatest in my life. You're the best. There's no name that is above your name in my life. You are who I am worshiping. Your kingdom come. Not the America kingdom come or, you know, this side kingdom come or anything like that. It is is your kingdom. That is, God, we want your kingdom. That's who we seek. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We all know that when we get to heaven, that it's going to be all God's will, right? Everything is just going to be about him. But Jesus is saying, it's, it's my will and my desire that his will is done here, not just when we get there. That this is where we seek it, here. There is his will, God's will what God and Jesus desire, and then there is our will. And sometimes these wills are just different. What do we do when they are? You see, our will wants, anytime our will is, is trying to act, it's because it wants something that we think will benefit us in some way, Right? And that will is so strong that sometimes when these, these two collide, our will, God's will, then we're like, I want God's will, I want God's will, until all of a sudden this will of mine starts to build. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, I kind of still want God's will, but you just have to understand my situation, my circumstance. And the next thing we know, it's just we choosing our will over his will. And his will becomes secondary instead of primary. And it is Jesus' desire, God's desire, that, that we allow the Holy Spirit, that's one of the reasons the Holy Spirit is within us, to allow him to change that, to allow us to align with his will in everything that we do so that all of these decisions that we have to make are made with that forefront, that primary in our thinking. Jesus wants to change that. Children are born with a will, are they not? I saw the cutest video. I wanted to play it, and I forgot to upload it for, for uh, uh, Thomas to play. But, uh, or Kylie, I guess she's at the computer today. Um, but it was just this little boy. I mean, he's just barely walking, right? And there's water sitting there, and the mom knows that he's going at it, and she's over to the side. 
videoing, so I don't know that she's really busy. I don't know, but, uh, but he's wanting to go after it. She says no, and he turns back, and he's just playing this game back and forth, but he just keeps moving a little closer, like, I am going to get to that water, but I'm going to try to convince you. If I can get you to start laughing, I'm pretty sure that means okay um, kind of thing, but it was really cute. But the reality is, is that we were born with this will, right? We didn't just come up with it like when we get in our teens, that's when we develop this will. No, that will was there from day one. It doesn't matter what child, a child knows what they want and what they think they need, and they begin to express this from just the the youngest of ages. And let me tell you, parents that have little ones out there, it doesn't get any better, and the more you add to that number, it just sometimes, it can create a monster of a kid, right? These sweet little kids just become, because they want to express their wills. And sometimes when their wills are different and they begin to clash and collide, it just really becomes apparent. We have teachers. Is my, am I speaking right, teachers? I mean, you, you know what a will has. I mean, a child has a will. Becoming a follower of God, the first thing that we have to realize is that we realize that God has a will that's separate than our will. And he's going to want to try to get us to side with his will. For us to choose his will over even our own will. But especially all of those wills that are out there trying to get you to side with them. To side with God. And so I just want to walk through this because I think it's a progression is what I think. And the first thing I want to point out to you in the midst of this is that you have to have an awareness of God's will. That's the first thing. If you're going to side with God and you're going to filter all these things that we have to decide here in the near future, or probably already have decided a lot of it, but you you have to have an awareness that God has a will too. Just an awareness of that is where it starts. In Ephesians chapter 1 verse 9 it says, making known to us the mystery of his will. Making known to us the mystery. God's will is is a mystery? Making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. So the first thing I want you to notice about this verse right here is that just the use of the possessive pronouns, right? I mean, just look at just a short little section here. Just so many of these possessive pronouns. His will, his purpose, which he set forth, united all things to him. Not united all things to us or me or, or you know, for our will or anything. It's, it's all his. An awareness that God's will starts with this understanding that it's all about him. I think sometimes we just get this all confused. Like we think that he came to this earth to uh, make life about us. He didn't come here to make life about us. He came here to let the whole world know how awesome he is. To, To make life all about him. And for everybody to bow and worship him and to think that he is awesome and mighty and glorious and great. That's what it's all about. Secondly, I want you to see that this awareness that's being spoken about here, that that God's will wants to include those that we don't include. 
It's just a reality. You know, when it says making known to us the mystery of his will, do you know what he's talking about when he's talking about making known to us the mystery? He's talking about this Jew-Gentile conflict that was going on in the churches. Why would God want them? Why would he bring them into the church? Why would he want them in the midst of us? We're the chosen ones, right? And, and they needed God to make known to them this mystery that God wants and loves all people. He wants everybody to be saved. He, he wants to include his grace not just to those, the, the, the Israelites and the Jews. He wanted to include that to all of us. That's why pretty much I'm pretty, pretty sure every one of us that are sitting here today fall into that Gentile category, right? And so he wanted you. To be included in this. And that's pretty easy for us to understand, right? But it was hard for when, they, when you're on the other side. And I just think that that's so important for us to understand. Do you realize that God wants those people who you are opposing with a lot of these things that are going on right now? You, you, are, you are making it, it bold to know that I'm on this side. I want to be proud of being on this side. I don't know that, I'm not saying that, I don't know what to tell you about that, to be honest with you. But I am trying to tell you that, but be careful because God wants those people. And if you start ostracizing yourself, how are you going to speak into their life? How are you going to invite them to church? We're going to end up having the same problem my buddy has with his church. And the church all of a sudden is becoming a lot smaller because we're forgetting what God's will is in the midst of that. We have to pick sides. I'm not saying that we don't pick sides, but we have to be careful about picking sides that have nothing to do with God's side. I mean, and I shouldn't say that because that, I get all confused here. But, but you just got to keep in mind that God has a will. And his will includes all people. And that he wants all those people to be loved. He wants all those people in his church. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 20, it says, Now may the God of peace who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant. So may the God of peace who rose Jesus up out of this grave, right? Listen to what he says in verse 21. He says, equip you with everything good that you may do his will. God has equipped you with everything good to do his will. Working in us that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ. To whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. This is how Paul, I mean how the Hebrew writer is 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 wrapping up his writings here in, in Hebrews, right? After he explained to you that all of us are saved if we're in Christ Jesus, that that, that sacrifice for sin was once and for all, and, and all of this is the way that is. And so he is, he is sharing this. Do you want to know what God's will is? You already know it. His will is to save people. His will is to send Jesus into this earth to die for the sin of man, that if they trust and put their trust in him, he will rescue them for, from their sins. That's God's will, is for that to happen. And we are equipped to carry out that will. He has equipped us with everything. 
everything to, to be able to do that. And we just have to always, everything we are filtering through right now and all the sides that we are choosing up, which, like I said, it's, it's just part of life, choose the side. But as we do, we have to also realize that God has a will and he wants us to always put his will ahead of all of our own wills and their wills and everybody else's wills and all, and all of these sides And so we're constantly asking ourselves, what, what am I trying to accomplish here? How can I accomplish the will of God and still decide what side I'm going to be on on these issues and how to navigate through those? Do you want God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven? Then here's the second thing that it leads us to. So we have this awareness of what God's will is. That is just that he loves people and he wants to save people. But when we have that awareness of what his will is, then we have to move on to this next thing. And that is that we have to accept that will. It's not just one thing to have an awareness of what God is up to in life and what he wants in life. Then you have to decide, am I going to accept what his will is in my life? This, this verse here, I think, really... Uh, helps us with this in, in Luke chapter 22, verse 41. You will know this very well. But this is Jesus. And when Jesus withdrew from them about a thro- stone's throw and knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. In other words, I don't want to do this. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And there appeared to him an angel from heaven strengthening him. And I just think that's so awesome. But he had to move from just an awareness. He knew what God's will was, but he had to move to an awareness of, okay, not my will be done, but yours be done. An acceptance of what God's will is. He had to verbalize that. And in a way, that's what you know. I'm asking at this point is just that not only do you know what, the, what his his will is, and that is that all people come to his knowledge of his saving grace, but that you accept that that's not, that's, that's a, his will, and I want to accept that will for my own. I looked up uh, synonyms for will, because I, I, that confuses me sometimes, you know, the will, and they're like a a document that you sign to leave stuff to people, and then you're talking about this other will. So I just looked up synonyms for will, and it says desire, passion, appetite, conviction, craving. So there's this desire in us that I'm talking about, this craving in us, this appetite, this conviction. Do we have that going on inside of us right now? Oh, my Oh, my. Yeah, we do about all kinds of things. In fact, that's actually why I brought up what I preached about last week. When I wanted to talk to you, the church, about just how we have drifted away from just listening to what God says about having relations with another person outside of marriage. That S-E-S. 
X talk from last week. God has an opinion. He has a will. He has a desire for that kind of topic. And yet we have this desire, this craving, this appetite for the opposite of what God wants. And for us to just start not only an awareness of what God's will is, but to move us to an acceptance of what that will is. We can't just behave this way in a church and know that God doesn't, it doesn't please God, and that's not what he wants, and, and, and to not try to lead the church to an acceptance of what his will is in this. And Paul, his list, you know, when we read through that, it was, it was much longer. It's not just that. It's also greed and idolaters and rivalers and drunkards and swindlers. And he ends that by saying some things that are really strong. He says, don't even associate with people if they're going to continue to behave that way and sit in the church. Move them out. Why would he do that? Because it's all about picking sides, isn't it? Whose side are you going to be on? Are you going to be on God's side in the midst of all of this? He has an opinion about that. Are you going to be on his opinion side or are you going to be on your opinion side? And the world is looking. Don't you know they're looking into the church and they're just like, I don't even get what, why they come together. They obviously don't listen to any of it. They don't apply any of it. And they're just looking in. But God's also looking in. And he's wondering the same thing. They don't listen to any of it. Why, why are they not doing it? So we have to have this acceptance of God's will. We can't just have an awareness of God's will. We've got to move on to an acceptance where we are willing to say what aligns with what God says. But it also moves us to this last thing, this third thing, and that is Well, I skipped over some things. I'm just going to go ahead and skip over them. But it moves us to this third thing. So we have this awareness that moves us to an acceptance. And the last thing is the exercising of God's will. The exercising. When, when Jesus was saying, pray like this. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You can have an awareness like, yes, that's true. I, I believe everything that that verse says. And then you can move to an acceptance that, yes, I believe all that that's true for me, right? But there, there's also something even more profound than that, and that is moving it to uh, uh, an exercising of that where I'm going to apply this to my life starting today, and this is what my life is going to be about. Everybody around me will know that not only am I aware of what God's will is, not only do I accept God's will, I am now exercising God's will in everything that I do. Mark chapter 3, verse 31, it says this. And his mother and his brothers came out. This is talking about Jesus again. And Jesus is inside. He's has a group of people. He's talking to them and about this kingdom. And they come in and they say, standing outside, they, he says, 
and his mothers and his brothers coming, and standing outside, they sent to him and, and called him. And a crowd was sitting around him, and they said to him, Your mother and your brothers are outside seeking you. And he answered them, Who are my mothers and my brothers? Was that a rejection? No, it wasn't a rejection. That was an inclusion of somebody. So listen to what he says. Who are my mothers, my brothers, Jesus says. And looking around at those who sat around him, he says, Here are my mothers and my brothers. For whoever does the will of God, he is my brother and sister and mother. He is saying, my family is God's family. My people are God's people. Whoever God's people are, that's who my people are. Whoever God wants included, that's who I'm including. These are who my people are. Because his kingdom is my choice. Which is where we get our theme for this series. His kingdom is my choice. You see, one of the things about all of these sides that we are going to be forced to pick is also will unravel and unveil if we are choosing God's side above all sides. If God is, if we desire for his kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven. You see, the imposters will be found out pretty quick. Because you're going to be forced to pick a side. And if, the, if you're seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness, you're going to be able to do that and navigate through all of that and still put God's will and his priority and his agenda above all other things. And you're going to be able to, you know, not, not uh, divide people in your life and divide the church. You're going to figure out how to do all of this with grace and love and because this is what God would want. What is God after more than anything? He is after seeking and saving the lost. He is after everybody worshiping him above all other things. For him to get the glory for all things. So let me take you back to the conversation just before we dismiss about my preacher friend. And I had thought about that conversation so much. And I prayed for that church and for him so much. I even sent him a text this morning just to encourage him. And I was just thinking, you know, that if, if this is what we would do, if, if it was just God's kingdom is my choice above all other choices that are out there right now, and that's the priority I'm going to put on every other thing that I'm having to choose and how I'm going to handle it and how I'm going to do, you know, what I'm going to do with it, then I think that when this is all said and done, the church is still going to be together. It's still going to be intact. And they're still going to be loving, and they're still going to be able to have relationships, and they're still going to be able to worship in the same place, under the same roof, because we prioritize that his kingdom, we want it to be here on earth as it is in heaven. 
in the midst of all of this. So if the Lord wills that I get along with everyone as far as it depends on me, then so be it. That's what I will do. And that's in Romans, by the way. If it is the Lord's will that those who are on the other side of the aisle or on the other side of the team are also my target to seek them out and to love them in the name of Jesus so that they feel like they have a place to stay. You know, it's kind of this picture we just took, I took it, I think yesterday, like, I don't know, yesterday evening. But that's Jeremiah on the side and, and, and uh, Andrew and Carrie and Cole and, uh, and a football. It looks like a person, but it's actually a football. But it just made me think, you know, this separation. And, and the reality is, is that if his kingdom is our choice, his kingdom is what we're seeking first, there won't be this separation where people feel like they don't belong. They will always have a place. They can come here. They can, have, they, can, they can make their choices and pick what side they want to be. But when they come here, they will know that this is family. This is God's family. This is my family. If it is the Lord's will that I pursue his kingdom and his righteousness instead of mine, then so be it. You know, we're going to come to this table now, and Greg's going to come up and lead us into a communion meditation but this is, this is the glue that holds the church together. This is right here is what it is all about. Is when, when Paul was talking to the Jews and the Gentiles, the only way that he was able to keep that church together is because he was focusing, help, helping them focus on Jesus. He was taking it always back to this table time and helping us understand that that's how we are connected. You know, we are going to get through all of this And we're going to get through this together, but it's not because of any of us. It's because of Jesus and what he's done. Greg. If you'd turn to Psalm 119. Psalm 119. Verses 1 through 8. Blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with their whole heart, who also do no wrong, but walk in his ways. You have commanded your precepts to be kept diligently. Oh, that my ways may be steadfast in keeping your statutes. Then I shall not be put to shame, having fixed my eyes on all your commandments. I will praise you with an upright heart when I learn your righteous rules. I will keep your statutes. Do not utterly forsake me. We're all guilty of that little Christmas tradition and birthday tradition of uh, putting things together without the directions, right? I don't know why we do that. 
We get something from the store. It comes in its own box. It comes with a set of directions, but we just say, I can do it. I can just put it together and make it work. That's that, that's that will. That's that will that Mike was just talking about of we want to do it our way. There's some sort of satisfaction of saying, I did that and didn't need the directions. But we have to resist that because we are given directions in everything. And I'm not saying that if you set up your coffee pot without using the instruction sheet, you're, you're sinning against God or anything of that nature, obviously. But what's wrong with this world? Why is there so much chaos? Think about it. Whose directions are we following? People are making their own directions about politics. People are making their own directions about society and law and and we are we know that this is the perfect set of directions we know that our constitution our government is set on biblical concepts but yet we've forgotten the directions and now we are a society where we are all trying to just do things the way we want it and the reality is and we go back to Luke 22, as Mike shared with us. Jesus gives us the example of following the directions. <clears throat> and he came out and went, as was his custom, to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples followed him. And when he came to the place, he said to them, Pray that you may not enter into temptation. And he withdrew from them about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And there appeared to him an angel from heaven, strengthening him. Let's pray. Father God, we just uh, come to you uh, uh, in this moment of communion. Father, we just, uh, uh, we just confess that uh, uh, we are weak um, and uh, 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 against our own will. We are uh, weak when it comes to being self-disciplined. Father, we just pray that uh, you would strengthen us and uh, just strengthen our acceptance of your will, just as Jesus shows us that sometimes your will is uh, not what we want to do, but we know that it is what we should do. Father, just give us the strength and the courage to open the directions. Be obedient to you, because as Christ proved to us, following the directions leads to eternal life. 
Lord, we just thank you so much for your son, Jesus. And it's in his name we pray. Amen.